guys and girls, and welcome to episode 180 of the F Reality Podcast. It's been an epic week for VR news this week, so buckle up because we're going to be talking to creator of Virtual Desktop, Guy Godin, about Virtual Desktop's PC VR streaming patch being allowed back in the official app. You can now see your couch in VR in the latest Oculus Quest update version 26. Facebook Reality Labs VP Boz hints at an Oculus Quest Pro in the future. PSVR 2 was officially confirmed in the works by PlayStation. And to round up the show, Zim has got some new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week this week. And also let us know what you've played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, this lad is going to be the first millionaire from making virtual items in Rec Room. It's the VR Dreamer. It's Nathy. How you doing, dude? You all right? Oh, I am. I am <laughs> going to do that. Yeah, apparently what am so. I gonna sell? You're going to sell like, uh, you know, little furniture, little house layouts. Yeah, it's going to be lit. You're going to be a millionaire, bro. I predicted it. it. Would be amazing, <laughs> though. I, I'm sure I, 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 I'm sure I can make it happen. I mean, me making furniture, it's a one of a kind. Mm. Dutch, it's like it's like Dutch your furniture. stick figure, but then in, in, in the form of, of, uh, of furniture. Mm. I'm just imagining simplistic. everything to be orange or like cheese with like holes oh, in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Very stereotype. I you like could, it. You could sell uh, clogs. Wind, windmills clogs. everywhere. <laughs> wooden shoes. <laughs> yeah, wooden that you can shoes. wear in rec room, even that you don't have any feet, mm -hmm. but you can still wear them, you know? Yeah, no, sounds like a plan. No, but I'm curious. I'm curious who's going to be the first one to actually make a living out of it. Like mm. rec room is, is big enough to be doing it full time. Yeah. But I don't know who is it gonna like who is it gonna be and what are they gonna sell because it, you need to be you know seeing it as a business. It's not like oh I'm gonna sell some fun stuff. You need to look at what the demand is and then start. yeah. I'm not gonna say too much because now people are gonna steal my idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember all those people getting super rich of selling furniture in like Second Life. Yeah, yeah, no. true. No, it, it can it's, it's it's great. It's great news. I think this is this is cool uh, for sure. And I I wasn't expecting. Uh, rec room to be this quick i thought mm. they were going to wait wait it out but i mean this this is a good moment so yeah mm. we'll see time will tell do um, any of you guys know the break details on that i didn't look at it but i'm interested like what is rec room taking for the sales and uh, stuff like that do you guys know I, I honestly don't know i do know that you need to be um like 18 years and older you need to have an account mm. that is like 30 days that's a problem old. for you then uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah um so uh yeah that's why that's why i can't uh you know it's, uh, it's a shame. It. yeah that's why i'm using rowdy's account to, to do it. <laughs> so any any highlights this week dude yes yes my highlight is uh gorilla attack uh, oh, nice. Zim, uh invited us to play it <laughs> and uh like it was really fun but afterwards like i like my muscles were completely wrecked for three days I, like i couldn't <laughs> properly grab stuff from the kitchen i couldn't i yeah, like serious i'm serious i couldn't move properly anymore it really hurt but i was just tryharding this game and i was just laughing my ass off i i haven't had that much fun in ages and honestly it's like uh, best multiplayer game of the year it is. It is the. Yeah, no, I'm not. Like I know. Like last year we had Medal of Honor, but 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 this this is this is legit. Okay, this game, game is freaking legit. And this game needs to be also in the official store. Okay, yeah. and it needs to be a, be a PSVR two launch title as well. 
Yeah. I love that. I love that if, if anyone asks you, like, you know, how, how did you get, you know, your sore arms and legs? And you have to explain them <laughs> that you were running around as a virtual gorilla chasing people. Uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah no, but it, 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 like every time Zim invites us to play a game, it's just, it's just so much fun. It's just so much fun. It, it really is. I don't know how long we played it for, uh, about like two, three hours, but oh my God, I just couldn't stop. I was like addicted straight away and I was so tired. I was like, I want to quit. I want to quit. But then every time a new round started, <laughs> we were just, everything was starting that's over a, again. That's the problem. Even Like even mm. when you're hurting, like that game just keeps pulling you. And I, yeah. I didn't expect them to drop a new map this week and they mm. dropped, uh, they dropped the cave, which um, for those <laughs> who have played Gorilla Tag, when you spawn, if you've made it into the, I'll call it the treehouse, although I find that really complicated because there's actually a, a treehouse like 20 feet away. Yeah. But anyway, in the treehouse, if you know the one with the computer in it, now there's a hole and you go in that hole and it goes down into a cave. And I am not going to spoil what's in the cave, but the way it works is if you're joining just public lobbies, you're in the treehouse. If you go outside, you'll join a public game. Or if you go down the hole, you'll join a public game in the cave. And then if you mm. come up again, you'll leave that and you'll go to the next one. So, so oh. smart. So, it's so very smart. cool. It's very cool. Um, but I recommend you guys check it out. You're going to have some fun. It's a very different type of play uh, in, yep. that, in that sense. It's, it's, uh, it's available for free on SideQuest uh, and on SteamVR if you're interested. Go check it out. So, so that's the state of VR, folks. Yep, that is. We can round up the show now. <laughs> See you. Have a good week. <laughs> uh, right. So next up, this guy recently released his autobiography, The Adventures of Jim Barnaby, <laughs> available now in all terrible bookstores. <laughs> is of course ZimTalk Five. How you doing, man? Um, I'm great. I'm really great. It's it's been a, it's been one of those weeks for VR where you're like, yes, everything's awake and alive again, and there's some cool news and exciting stuff happening. Gee's news as well, which we'll talk about in a bit, which was total surprise, and I'm so happy about it. Um, for me, my my highlight actually links up to my next social thing, which is tomorrow I'm playing Vox Machina, which is a, mm. a mech robot style battlefield game. It's incredible. It's so I mean, good. This game it's is so like, good. like I just feel like there's some games that as you go along, like it's just like the perfect hit. It's just like, it's all there. It's all what you want it to be. It feels like you want it to be. The problem is like when you've got a game like this and it's just like, it's a multiplayer only game, there's no campaign. Mm -hmm. Then all you have is people who love the game trying to keep it alive, right? And mm -hmm. I really hope that the devs would look at it at what they built and kind of consider creating a campaign, mm -hmm. stripping the game down and releasing it on Quest, for example, and just get a, a stack of cash for it because stomping around in a giant mech of all different varieties. You can configure your weapons. You've got sniper things. You've got shotguns, all different types of, of weapons. Even one that, a mech that'll jump on another mech's head and drill into it to kill it. I mean, this game's the, the got quality, what you want. The quality of it is, is equal to like, I don't know if you guys remember a Hawken mm -hmm. on, uh, on PC. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It's, it's literally just as good. Because I, I played that game a ton, like, because it was free as well. So. Nice. Yeah, it's oh, so good. And, and it's just a feeling that you get. And that's what I like yeah. about these games. So although I did also play uh, more Gorilla Tag than I, I, I would like to admit this week, um, <laughs> I, I have to say that Vox, I am so pumped for that. And I'm playing with 16 people. We've hooked up with like an EU 
league as well. So there's eight people who know what they're doing, and then there's the eight people that I'm dragging along, and it's <laughs> that's going to be fun. So I look awesome. forward to that one. Yeah, yeah. Vox uh, Machine is like a real hidden gem. Go check it out. It's available on Steam and the official PC Oculus Store if you're interested. And in the visuals it out. are fantastic. Yeah, totally fantastic. agree. Yeah. I think the best thing about the game, if I was going to highlight one last thing about it, is the comm system. You have to like like you're in like you're in the cockpit in the driving seat of a big truck. There's uh, there's both a horn that you can pull down, makes a great tonking noise, and then there's also like a comm system. And when you're talking to people, you get this little virtual avatar which you can customize, and it comes up, and you're talking to each other. And it's got a little bit of static in the mic, kind of like Elite Dangerous does. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful, perfection. Yeah. Feels game. really real. Yeah. Really, it's really one of cool. those games where I just won the separate controller for, you know, yeah, like one of those proper like uh, what was it, yeah, Steel, like... Steel Battalion ones. Yeah, yeah exactly. they were epic. They were epic. <laughs> right, next up, he's adorable and fluffy, but be warned, he does have sharp teeth, a bit like a gerbil. Gerbil. <laughs> 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 we doing this again? Finally. <laughs> Rowdy VR, how you doing, dude? I'm 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 doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, like like you all like uh, I I didn't have that many sore arms because I didn't manage to stay around for gorilla attack for that long uh, because I had some mic issues. Uh, although I think that the issue is actually my quest for some reason uh, having it linked up with uh, with Oculus uh, Link. I think it switched around my audio source a little bit and it messed yeah. up. Uh, Somewhere, I think it's been resolved now, though. Um, but actually, my highlight of the week is that I played uh, Arden's Wake in the, in VR, uh, which is something that we talked about not that long ago, mm-hmm. uh, which is from uh, Panorama Studios, a game from Panorama Studios, which you guys probably know from uh, Alumet. And uh, there's another title they made as well, which I, the name slipped me now. Um, but it's it's a it's an it's not an interactive game. It's a completely, I would say, like it's more like like you're watching what is happening very much like uh, you know the, the um, punk is invented by by girls oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah. we played a battle that I played a, a while ago battle scar yeah um it feels uh like you're watching a movie but you're kind of part of the movie in a, in a way like everything is happening around you it's it's very uh um cinematic very scenic it's very short i was surprised by the length of it that's maybe the the one thing that i was a, a little bit disappointed by that it's it's a fairly short experience uh of the other game that the chat actually just helped me out paradise decay said was a rose and i which is indeed uh, another one of them yeah. um mm-hmm. I, I do find that the story um in the other two games was a little bit stronger uh it's a very emotional story you know this i'm not going to spoil anything about it but um it, it feels like it's also because of the the, the duration of it that it's kind of a bit cut short. I'm kind of wondering more about like, you know, what is going on, what is going to happen. Um, but in another way, like it does show again, like, you know, the the strength of VR beyond like the game medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that, that Guy also agrees with that, you know, that you, the, the kind of things that you can do with virtual reality go so far beyond uh, what just gaming is offering. And this game again shows that it's more like, it's. I wouldn't call it the movie again. It's more like, like a theater experience because you're part of like what is happening and you need to you need to kind of like you know use more of your senses to like look around and like uh, experience a story in a very different way and the way that you experience the story is very dependent on like the, the location where you where you're looking of course because you can't see everything like you do in a movie often um, so I, I really enjoyed that uh, the only thing that I had and I don't know if, if any of you guys played it as well I found it on my 
uh, Oculus Link app, I had like a little bit of like a blur over it. It, it, it didn't feel as sharp to me mm-hmm. as I would have expected it. And I couldn't find any settings in the game to increase, like for example, the resolution or the super sampling. I don't know if any of you have experienced that as well. I had the exact same, I had the exact same. It felt like it was um, upscaled or something yeah. like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I was, I was trying to toy, I had this actually with a bunch of Steam VR games and then I realized that after Mike had lent me his HP Reverb G2, I had scaled down Steam VR to like 50 or 52%. Mm-hmm. And so that helped me out with everything else. And actually, until you just mentioned it now, I just I had attributed it to that, but it wasn't that. So it might be. Yeah, I, I have you scaled your Steam. link settings? I played for it example? through Oculus. Uh, right. That's, and, yeah, I'm just saying. Because the, you have that ability in Oculus, Oculus itself. Link as well mm-hmm. to change the refresh rate and to change the resolution as well maybe so that is something i need to setting. check out still since i think i have some issues there with i mean i don't have it though in like when i go into the home environment or i didn't have it in another game either since i tested it out afterwards i was just a bit surprised yeah. by that it, it felt a little bit low resolution to me while i don't think that it's supposed to be experienced mm-hmm. that way. it might it might have been app specific because i did have yeah. the same so and what was the name of it again rowdy just to repeat it ardent's the wake ardent's wake nice interesting it's recommendation I can tell you that the premise of it is is a story about a girl and her father uh, with the earth being kind of like submerged in water Mm. uh, and the father goes, uh, well, something happens and the girl goes looking for her father. It's like an updated version of Waterworld for VL. It really is Waterworld. It really is Waterworld. And the thing I would just say one thing about that, having seen it myself, um, they do the ocean really well. Like yeah. I like the the depth. Mm. Like if anyone's played Ocean Rift ages and ages ago, mm-hmm. where where they get that kind of volumetric feel, they do the mm-hmm. the depth in the kind of murky ocean really well. And also the, they play around with the audio very well with that, mm-hmm. so that the, the audio kind of changes when you go underwater, which is a really neat feeling. And I, I, I'm I myself I'm scared of oceans. Like I'm <laughs> like I find them absolutely terrifying like if, if you know like how deep they can be like the, the largest mountain cannot even fit in like the deepest part of the ocean which is oh, yeah. insane like you know the, the kind of depth there so it was a little bit of a of a of a weird experience to be going into like such such deep waters is it paid or is it free paid it's paid yeah okay. i don't know the exact price though okay nice interesting recommendation there immersive storytelling one uh, to check out if you're interested um, so next up, we have a special guest joining us this week, the creator of one of the most useful applications available on the Oculus Quest store, in my opinion, is the man behind Virtual Desktop, Ski Godin. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, well, this is the second time you've had you, we've had you on the show, actually, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 You're, becoming, you're becoming a regular. <laughs> yeah. Almost, yeah. How about oh, start you. charging us? Like, <laughs> apart from the big news this week, obviously, which we're going to get into very shortly, um, have you got any highlights or things you've checked out recently that you want to share? No, I really haven't been playing many games lately, so uh, unfortunately, I'm the worst person to ask for recommendations. Like, every, every run around me gets into VR. It's like, oh, what game should I try? I'm like, I don't. Know. I don't know. I'm too busy working on it. <laughs> I'm too busy making the, the stuff that you enjoy rather than playing yeah, the stuff. Yeah. That Just you say enjoy. try virtual desktop next time yeah yeah that's <laughs> a good idea i should probably do that no it's awesome yeah. to have you on the show and really looking forward to uh talking about virtual desktop very shortly uh when we get into the news um so what about the chat what have they been up to this week anything interesting from them yeah so we have uh Wato uk who has been playing uh, flight simulator 2020 they should have called it 2021 to be future proof though it sounds old already well it <laughs> just came out like you know 
Um, mm-hmm. And he also played Half-Life Alex, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cold Vengeance has been playing. VR Dungeon Knight is also a hidden gem. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Mao5, who finished the campaign of Medal of Honor. Uh, Rowdy, have you finished it yet, or are you still uh, trying to? I've played it. <laughs> oh, you played it. Okay, well, that's enough. I, I think I'm done with the first chapter. Like, oh wow, the first got chapter. ten hours oh left. Like, yeah, first yeah. chapter. That's like a tutorial, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Okay. I play way too long. That that part. Um, yeah. He also uh, played some Pavlov and a whole lot of synth riders. Then we have Mage, who mm-hmm. got back into some PC VR gaming and Steam VR thanks to Virtual Desktop update. Yes. Um, and we have Bill Gates, who's also in the chat. The Bill Gates. And um, all he says is, I want to play Gorilla Tag. Well, yep. there we go. Bill Gates confirmed. Loves Gorilla, Gorilla Tag. Luck, Bill. Yeah. And you. watches our show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pleasure to have you as a, <laughs> as a viewer. <laughs> totally legitimate viewer. So um, this week, my highlight this week was uh, Population 1. Jump back in to check out the new season one update called Uprising. Uh, it launched this week for free on Quest and PC. Uh, they've got some cool new weapons added. Uh, changes up the dynamic of the game a little bit, which is nice because, you know, it keeps things feeling a bit fresh and exciting again. Uh, if you're not familiar with the update, they've got uh, zone grenades now. So it's a, it's a grenade that you can throw uh, into an enemy sort of encampment where they've got behind uh, cover, for example, and it will force wait, the wait, zone wait. into them. Can you actually throw the grenades? No, 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 no. Still, oh, still, right. still firing it from your hand. Yeah, sorry. But that sorry. is the best. I just give a comment. Those zone grenades are amazing. It's a, zone it's grenades a are awesome. damage over time ticker. Uh, yeah. But it'll hurt you too, so mind yourself, kiddos. Yeah. Uh, they've also got uh, a light machine gun, so you can sort of provide uh, suppressing fire. It recoils and kicks like a mule, um, so you've got to really sort of control that. Uh, it's a bit challenging to use, but I got a couple of kills with it, so I'm pretty happy. The reload takes half an hour. Yeah, it's got like a four-step four, four step reload process, um, but it's pretty badass. It's got like a huge clip, of course. Um, you've got a katana and a knife for up-close uh, melee combat. So what we found is that a lot of players were just jumping off the ledge, going straight into like a knife fight as soon as they hit the ground, which was kind of fun. Um, you've also got like soda pops, which are shield pops. Uh, as well as the health pops now, so you can regain your shield slowly over time. And they've also uh, reworked the inventory system, so you can have up to five sodas and two bananas in a single slot, which is kind of cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good to have that. Yeah. Uh, I checked out the battle pass as well. I almost, I I, I paid for it and then instantly regretted it. Um, It didn't really offer much value, to be honest. Uh, Only cosmetic upgrades, and they were all a bit naff. So uh, I'm still not that interested in the cosmetic side of things and the skins and stuff. But, you know, if people dig it, then then great. The one thing that did really excite me, though, was that B-Haptics introduced uh, B-Haptics support into the game in the form of a mod on PC. So uh, they've got the full suit, arm sleeves, and facial interface can all uh, receive haptic feedback based on in-game actions now. So like eating bananas, flying, being in the pod, receiving incoming directional fire, all that kind of stuff is all in there now. And that was really, really cool to check out. But the funniest thing, the funniest thing is that people can touch you now in the lobby and you can feel it with the haptic vest. <laughs> Which is oh no, I know what this oh, is. Oh awesome. no, this is not going well. Yeah, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Rowdy on that. That's yeah. Like... So I was playing with GT and the Lonely Viper. They were both wearing vests as well. So when we would like win around, which was very infrequent actually, because everyone's insanely good at the game now, and all the pro players were jumping in on the new update. But when we did get a win, we were you know giving each other a little backpack and uh, you know rubbing each other's chest, and we could all sit there, which is pretty awesome. So uh, nice. Okay. <clears throat> that was my highlight of the week. Yeah. So what does a banana 
feel like eating. It's great. It, it, like it, it trickles down the the front and back of the vest. It, it's like uh, it's like the health re re regeneration in uh, Half Life Alex Half when you use Alex. the vest in that as well. So yeah, really cool. Nice. I just hope that be that the big box VR, you know, see that this is really fun tech and they integrate it in themselves so people with the Quest version can try it out as well because yeah. this is just limited to a mod uh, on PC at the moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. my highlight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried some season one as well. I think. The swords and the knives so far, I mean, I saw someone covering this, but like you have to make quite a wide swipe to do proper oh, damage yeah. with them from left to right. I never got a kill with them. I, f I found them quite waggly, to be honest, and not so satisfactory. But yeah, that LMG is, that's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's fun, beast. but the reroll, the, the reload is just, you're laughing like halfway through. You're like, really? I have to do all these steps in this arcadey game? But it's hard it to like aim a, with, man. Like, yeah, yeah like the you recoil feel like is Rambo insane. And you have to, yeah, the recoil is, is crazy. I'm nuts. Yeah. Nice. Um, so before we get into the news this week, I want to thank the sponsor of this week's show, and that is, of course, Val, the Virtual Athletics League. They've kindly been sponsoring us for the past few weeks, and they're currently running the VR Winter Games, which kicked off on the 19th of February and is the follow-up to last year's VR Fitness Summit. The VR Winter Games is a series of online competitions in which you can enter and compete for your opportunity to win thousands in cash prizes in over 20 VR games. This week, you can compete for the high score in Propagation VR's co-op mode. Qualifiers have begun for Swordsman VR, and there's a group play tournament that has just started for Walkabout Mini Golf. So if you're a, a group of mini golfers that you think are pros, then you can jump in and maybe snag mm. some cash as a result of it. Uh, if you're interested, Find out more about the tournaments and how to enter the games and the cash prizes. Check out the website onearena.gg, which has all the details, and the link is in the description down below. Yeah, I, I, I still want to bring the suggestion. I think I did it last week too. Gorilla Tag needs to be on that list too, and maybe also that run simulator that Zim once mentioned. Where yeah, you have happy to run, run after someone. Yeah, happy run. <laughs> yeah, happy run. Stalker run. That's what it sounded like. I agree with you, man. I'm not joking. Like when I'm playing Gorilla Tag with people, their Oculus. What's it called? The, the fitness thing now mm. oculus uh, move their oculus move is like dinging them and saying you've completed your oculus move goal for the day because every time gorilla tag will satisfy that like only trying to get into the menu into the treehouse will be enough to finish a <laughs> ring they changed that the uh this is the thing we are now the ogs of gorilla tag it is now a ramp it's no longer no. difficult to get into the treehouse they what? ramped it it's it's super easy now because it was too difficult for people. Noobs. I like the fact that it was hardcore. Lemming? Same. Bad? No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> so, right. Let's get straight into the juicy, juicy news this week and mm. talk about Virtual Desktop with our guest, Guy Godin, the creator mm. of Virtual Desktop. If you have any questions for Guy, by the way, drop them in the chat now and we can read a few of them out later on at the end of the segment. Uh, but just to give you a quick recap, if you're not familiar with Virtual Desktop and the kind of saga that went on uh, before... Uh, it's a super useful application available on Oculus Quest that allows you to remotely log into your desktop PC from anywhere in the world in virtual reality. It's super, super useful. But one of the best features about this app is that you can also use it to remotely play PC VR games from your PCs, Steam and Oculus library using your Quest or Quest 2. And I personally use this feature myself to play PC VR content wirelessly on the Quest 2. And honestly, it's my favorite way to experience PC VR content just due to the fact that it's wireless. It just works mm. flawlessly. I recently also put this feature to the test to remotely play Half-Life Alex on a Shadow PC, which was located 300 miles away in Paris. And that also works surprisingly well. 
Uh, a shadow PC can be like a great option if you can't afford a high-end PC yourself, but I'll talk about shadow in more detail on a future episode of the podcast. Um, but one of the problems uh, up to this point is that the PC VR streaming part of Virtual Desktop wasn't allowed on the official Oculus Store, meaning that you had to sideload the Virtual Desktop PC VR streaming patch using SideQuest. It was a pretty straightforward process, but for most people out there, they either probably won't know it exists or they don't want to go through the hassle of setting it all up. So with the recent launch of the App Lab platform from Oculus, there was kind of hope that the patch would be allowed on App Lab, making it an easier process. But in a surprising announcement this week from Guy and Oculus, they've allowed the PC VR streaming part of the official virtual desktop app back into the app on the official store. So you don't have to go through any of that sideloading process anymore. You don't need to use App Lab. It's all built in to the official app, which is great news for everyone. I think we can all celebrate that. So, Guy, sure. how did this all turn about? How did how did this 180 happen? Because previously they were against it, and now they're supporting it. So, what's what's the story with that, dude? Well, um, explain yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I submitted my my a patch to App Lab so that the patch would simply run and then patch the game and all that. But I I felt like this was uh, kind of uh, crazy that people had to go through this. So. You know, I was crossing my fingers, hoping maybe they will accept it in in the actual store, and they did. One day, I just got an email that says, "Yeah, we, well, we're we're denying you on on for App Lab, but we're letting you put it on the store officially." So I was like, "Oh my god, this this is good." <laughs> that's the best kind of rejection letter, man. That's like, that's yeah, excellent. yeah. Like, I I wonder, like, do you think like the the PSVR announcement or anything has to do with that? Like, um, no, no, or, I, or wasn't in the same same time frame. No, it was, uh, I knew before that I knew earlier. Okay. Week, so yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, no, I think, I mean, they probably just looked at the numbers and, you know, there's so many people that, that use virtual desktop every day to, to, to play their games. Like it, it just made sense to just put it there because, you know, all the new users had to go through those crazy steps of, of, uh, yeah. creating a developer account, downloading ADB drivers. And like at each step, there was always some people getting stuck. Right. So it, it was, and it was a lot of work for, for me and for the people in my community to, to help people sideload and install a patch. So, uh, it's kind of a relief now that, um, we don't have to do the support for that part of it. We just have to help people, you know, that have bad Wi-Fi or mm. that don't plug their computer into their router, things like that. Like it's very simple now. Rather than in the past, it was all like, okay, follow those instructions and, and go through those steps. And and finally, people got in, they were happy, but it, it was just like a lot, lots of friction now that that's kind of gone. So that's that's great. Yeah, I think it's great for the community. So will the, 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 the patch be removed from SideQuest now? Yeah, it's removed already. Uh, basically, when okay. you go to the SideQuest page, instead of installing the patch, it's just a button that brings you to the store page of, of the app on Quest. So nice. I still get messages that are asked like, where's the patch? Where's the patch? I was like, okay, you don't need it anymore. <laughs> That's great though. Cause it's, it's kind of funny because we had Shane from SideQuest on uh, a couple of weeks back and we were talking about virtual desktop and, you know, hoping that it would come to app lab, you know, the, the patch. And I sort of uh, cited one of uh, Andrew Bosworth's um, AMA sort of quotes, uh, which he did recently. And, and this is what he said. He said, one of the challenges with virtual desktop is that we can't know what your Wi-Fi connection is like or how it changes. And so we couldn't guarantee a good experience. And that's why we had limitations on apps like this shipping in the store. And my kind of response to that at the time was kind of like, well, just put uh, a disclaimer on there 
on, on the app, right? You know, that yeah. you have to agree that you you need to understand that, you know, this the, the quality of your experience will come down to the, the the strength of your Wi-Fi connection. And if you've got a five gigahertz Wi-Fi connection, um, you know, that will vary depending on your your the quality yeah. of your Wi-Fi. Kind um, of but, the same like you do with like minimum specs on a graphics card. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you don't, we need minimum specs on a graphics card in order to have an optimal experience. But they didn't even, uh, they didn't ask for that, right? To be implemented. No, no, no I, I, I did no. suggest that, but they, they were categoric. They didn't want the feature on the store. So, I, you know, I complied, didn't really have a choice. It was either that or my, my app was pulled entirely from the store. So, um, yeah. so that's why I, I put it on SideQuest and the SideQuest folks were amazing. You know, they helped. Uh, get it up and running in just a few days and Shane was awesome and you know I'm really thankful for him to making it possible for people to enjoy the feature yeah. for all you know for almost two years now yeah and, and so many of us have Absolutely. enjoyed it and we, you know we were super grateful for for both what you and, and Shane are doing for the community absolutely 100% but it's interesting they didn't ask you to put a disclaimer in even now that they've added it back to the official app yeah. No, well, there are already some warnings, um, like if, if you don't have a five gigahertz Wi-Fi, if your computer is not wired to router, or if the speed isn't good, like there are yellow texts and warning that's going to tell you what, what your issue is already. There's a performance overlay as well now that has all that information that you need to know where your issue is. If you have uh, more latency than you should. So yeah, uh, it, yeah. the app has gone better. It's much better than it was when it initially released too. There might be a component to that why they, they now accept it too. It, the first version was a little rough. Uh, there was a bit of uh, of delay with the controllers, for example. And mm -hmm. now it's it, it, it's pretty comparable to Link. Yeah, I, I think definitely for me, it trumps Link just due to the fact that it's wireless, you know, and you've got all the options in there that you can tweak as well, depending on, you know, your, mm -hmm. your PC specs. And I think that's really, really useful. Um, so, so to sort of go back, like, why do you think this has changed? Obviously, we know we spoke to Shane and you just mentioned as well that, you know, SideQuest was seeing, I think it was like something like a million active monthly users. Um, and obviously virtual desktops patch was one of the, the, the top apps on SideQuest. So there was a, a significant amount of people using it and downloading it every month. Do you think it was just purely the numbers or do you think that maybe behind the scenes, they've maybe given up on a streaming solution of their own? Any thoughts um, on that? My theory about that is that they are working on their own version. Their Carmack has called it Airlink. So my guess is is they've given up on Airlink for Quest One and Quest Two, and they are mm. only introduce it for the Quest Pro or whatever comes next. Yeah. And probably the next Quest will have Wi-Fi six E, which is six gigahertz Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. which is free of interference from devices in your home because nobody has Wi-Fi six E yet. So. Uh, essentially, they're kind of uh, uh, escaping the the whole uh, interference problem with that. So that's my guess. They're probably just going to support it, bundle in the box. They're going to have a Wi-Fi dongle and ship it with the with the Quest Pro. And and my app essentially will be used for people on Quest One and Quest Two. I see. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But of course, you know, you you're you're not a guy that kind of like rests on his laurels. You know, you'll end up probably supporting that extra Wi-Fi six E as well, right? Like virtual oh, desktop yeah, yeah. will still. Well, there's nothing to do with automatic. Yeah. Right? So it'll that's, just work. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's interesting because like we saw from the latest Steam VR hardware survey that 17% of all headsets, like VR headsets on Steam, are Quest Two now and 7% are all Quest 1s. And I wonder how many of those users are using virtual desktop as their means to yeah. access uh, Steam VR. Do you have any VR. numbers on that? Yeah. Or anything um, you can share? 
my guess is about uh, between five and ten percent of quest owners. So that's just a guess number because we don't have an exact number of number of quests sold, right? So wow. Uh, these yeah, are no just wonder guests. you can afford that uh, downtown Chicago apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice view. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's a yeah. pro there. That is. But uh, it's interesting. I had a question actually on, just from the last time, because um, in in all these with all these puzzle pieces changing, the thing that leaps out at me again. I remember the last time we were speaking, and I know we've almost not even said Oculus Go in probably a year. But I'm just curious. Virtual desktop support on Go was set to die and expire at some stage. I can't remember the year or month. December. Um, December this year? Uh, 2020. I mean, the, the, oh, okay. the ability to put push builds was removed in December 2020 for developers. And then I right. think the end of life is December 2021 or 2022. I'm okay. not sure exactly, but... So it's so it's frozen at the moment. So no updates or anything. So that's that's locked. That's well, finished. it was supposed to be frozen, but I discovered this week that you could actually push builds. So I updated my app on Go and Gear VR to include <laughs> the patch there uh, to to remove the the requirement for the patch. So now, if you have a Go or a Gear VR, you can stream VR games just like on Quest without needing a patch. So no, that's brilliant. It's limited yeah, that's, that's you, why I was curious. Yeah. You only have one controller right on Go or Gear VR, so it's a little limited. But for things like uh, Google Earth or, or you know, simple uh, VR games, it actually works pretty well. Or simulators. Well, the, the, yeah, the funny thing is, yeah. like I, last summer after we were speaking, I mean, I put together an Oculus Go and, for instance, a set of course and did sim racing with it because you don't need to move yourself in sixth off space to do a, a racing game. So as a really cheap way to get into sim racing, an Oculus Go actually works, um, which is like, it's just it's just funny. Uh, but I was curious about that. And the other thing I was curious about, because I saw um, a mention, I think it was one of your tweets um, this week that mentioned about kind of game support. And the thing that's always baffled me is how well you now have it integrated for if you want to play Oculus home games that aren't natively on Quest, and if you want to play Steam VR games that aren't natively on Quest, you can in either of those configurations. Now, not everything works, but a lot of them do work. So I was my question to you would be, what are the games that you're aware currently don't work um, that are maybe what people kind of bug in, ask for all the time. I think it's the devs problem rather than yours, but um, can you just um, run down a, a short list of the things that you know people want that they can't have right now? Um, right now, uh, Minecraft on the Oculus Store doesn't work, the Bedrock yeah. version, mm-hmm. but you can play Vivecraft mm-hmm. on Steam, which I, I think most people prefer anyway. So, um, yeah. But since the age, the people who get Quest nowadays are much younger. So lots of people want to play Minecraft. They want to play Roblox. Uh, Roblox. So those are the two games that everyone asks about right these days. Um, <laughs> besides that, there are a couple games here and there, but the majority will work okay. Um, it's important to launch the games from the games tab. I even added a voice in the last version that says, by the way, don't forget to launch your games from the games tab because that's how you get good compatibility. If you launch them directly from Steam, sometimes they... Uh, it will show Vive once because it will assume you have a Vive. And so the compatibility there is not perfect, but um, mm. yeah. No, it's really handy. So for those who don't know, I think you use the uh, the hamburger button, I like to call it, the menu button yep. to pop out the update on and then just go to the games tab. It's so helpful. I mean, it, launching Oculus home games that don't work natively on Quest, it's just such a dream. Like to play on that display, on that headset, tetherless in the middle of a space, a play space, 
Oh my god, it's great. You can play anything. Even Pop 1, for example, right? Like playing Pop 1 on that headset wirelessly in the middle of a room. That's the way to play it, you know? Yeah, so. 100%. And it's interesting because I, I saw uh, another app recently called uh, Plutosphere. I don't know if you've heard of this, uh, Guy. Uh, it's a remote PC VR streaming service, similar to Shadow, um, but it's all pre-configured for VR, so you don't have to worry about uh, necessarily using virtual desktop. But do you think... Like, that's going to SideQuest at the moment, but do you think Oculus might come around to maybe an app like that, uh, bearing in mind what's happened with virtual desktop? I, I don't know, because uh, all of these apps, like Shadows, release their own. Now there's Pluto, and then there's AMD has one, right? All mm -hmm. these apps are essentially just copies of ALVR, the, the open source app. So it, don't, it only works as a Steam driver. And so it means that you are going to have lots of compatibilities with games. That's that's how I implemented it initially. So it was just a Steam VR driver, so it only works with Steam VR games. But then as soon as, but well, for all games, it actually showed you the wrong controllers or the input didn't work very well. So it was a lot of it was kind of a nightmare. So that's why I moved to the emulating the runtime instead. And I don't think any of the apps do that actually. So they will all have the same issue where they want to play Boneworks oh, your hands are off by uh, three inches and then they're all rotated wrong or like all sorts of issues like that. So, mm. okay. I, I don't know if Oculus will approve them. Uh, um, I I would doubt because, you know, there's the whole payment uh, mechanism. Like if you pay for a subscription monthly, then Oculus will want their 30% and can they really afford that? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, but, but I immediately kind of thought of them when you got approved, and I was like, I was wondering if they were going to be a bit more lax. But yeah, maybe you're right. You were just mm. based purely on the on the fact that it was such a you know virtual desktop was such a hot uh, app for the community, and it was so popular. And now, obviously, you know, works so well that they were like, okay, this is we're going to make an exception for it, but yeah. maybe not so much mm. uh, others. So you said that last the last update that you rolled out is is not on the side quest version, right? Right, so, SideQuest doesn't. Uh, SideQuest was just a patch that that, that just put a like a file that yeah. told the original app, oh, you have a patch installed, and that's it. So it, it didn't really have any no. code or but anything. But you will continue. You will continue to just update the SideQuest version as well. No, no, there's no there's no APK. There's nothing on SideQuest. Okay. So you you, okay. you just go to SideQuest and it'll bring you to the store page basically. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they now link through to the official uh, yeah. version. There's no install okay. the headset button. There's just a button that because brings you to the store. I wonder because what, what what you just said, like, you know, it's one of the main things on SideQuest. You know, people are using that the most. So it kind of drives away loads of traffic. I don't know how much percent that is, but it's kind of like, a, you know, a great win for, for everyone in the VR industry, but kind of a loss for SideQuest in the end. Yeah, but there's still some great stuff uh, on SideQuest because it seems like App Lab approval mm -hmm. takes a long time or and it's not yeah, guaranteed yeah. either. So I'm sure SideQuest is, is going to be super useful for tons of of, uh, of, of content that people create. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. to give a bit of an insight to sort of like behind the scenes, like what, what's the most challenging part of making this tech work? Um, because it's, it's not an easy feat, but obviously you, you make it look incredibly easy uh, because it's so simple to configure and set up. So maybe you could just maybe give us a little glimpse of like some significant challenges of, of making an app like this. Uh, just launching the games so that they work correctly is the challenge because Oculus doesn't have a driver API or anything. So I had mm -hmm. to rewrite the entire runtime, Oculus runtime. Oh my like God. it's a black box and I have to kind of guess what they do in there. 
So right. doing that and then launching it so that I have to do injection of the game and sometimes uh, antivirus software will flag that and will just deny it. So so it, I'm kind of using uh, hacks that viruses use to launch the games. So it, it, it causes also some issues with a bunch of programs. So I had to put oh, in... Wait, wait. <laughs> so you replicated the runtime. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And yeah. while yeah. I don't yeah, have yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. dash thing, I don't have some of the features <laughs> like uh, async space warp uh, that they have in the in the runtime, but I, I, I re-implemented the basis of it. So. Nice. Okay, so you could start your own headset company, basically, with the yeah. software. <laughs> yeah, you only could. need the headset now, and then you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Uh, I mean, it's it, it was a lot of work, but uh, I'm not the first to do that. Uh, there was a, a Revive who did something similar, although Revive uh, kind of used Steam as the back end of that. So I kind of, mm -hmm. you know, so in my case, it's in a different language and it's a different implementation, but uh, it's similar to that. Wow. And uh, what That's about um, the the sort of things that keep you up at night, worrying as 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 a developer? Is there like a, a niggling bug, or you know, is there something that you're like, oh god, I wish this didn't happen, or something that gets asked all the time, and you're like, I just can't solve this problem? Um, yeah, there's always something, and I I when I wake up in the morning, I always check. Okay, let's check on Discord. Are there any fires? Did something break? Uh, <laughs> I at one point, like I, I, I well, I still use a, a cloud service that you can uh, connect uh, two computers across the internet. So you need kind of a relay server to be able to do that. Otherwise, you'd have to enter your IP address manually, and that would be uh, not user friendly at all. So I have a, a cloud server and. Initially, it was required, meaning that if my is my servers went down, the app would not work at all, right? And it happened a couple of times when the Quest launched because you know there were spikes in usage, mm -hmm. and then my server would go down, and then everybody would go crazy, be like, "Why doesn't it work? Why does it have to go through a server?" And all that. So I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." So I had to kind of rush and implement a local discovery mechanism so that it can find your local computer if there's no cloud server present, right? So. So now it uses that, but then whenever I have server outages, which doesn't happen too often now, but when I do, all the people that use shadow are like unable to connect. So I have oh, to, of course. you know, restart the hamster wheel and, and see what's going on. So. <laughs> I got a, I got a question about you as a user then, uh, Guy, for your own app. What's your favorite personal use of it? Like, what do you find you, you use virtual desktop for? Um, you know, do you watch shows with it? Do you like what? 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 What do you use it for? Yeah, yeah, I, I use it to watch movies uh, in bed. Uh, my my wife is right next to me, and I, you know, if I if I use like an iPad or a phone, like it's bright, it's light, like you know, she doesn't like that. So if you wear the headset, there's no light in her direction. She can sleep, and I can watch it. And <laughs> that's awesome. That's what I, I, I use it the exact same way. It is. It yeah. is. It is. It's amazing. I mean, it's it's great for burglars as well because they just break in, they take your stuff, and they're yeah. like, But you no you're you're like encapsulated in this cocoon of technology because I assume you're like headphones plus yeah. the headset and and then you're watching in high fidelity and it's it's still really a shame that like services like Netflix and Amazon don't have awful, high quality yeah. fidelity at all in their apps. I have to always, it's my number one use case mm -hmm. for virtual desktop. So I'm glad to hear you use your own app for that because it's it's beautiful how it works. So for people, other people that like watching video content through virtual desktop, when will video content be natively supported? Any any roadmap on that? Uh, I don't have an ETA, it's, it's in development, it's coming along very well and uh, it's, 
it's going to be it's going to add a lot of value. You you could just play anything from your computer. It it frees up space on your quest. You don't have to have any of the videos physically on your quest, so you can just stream them, and it, it it's pretty awesome. But it's still yeah, I'm still a few months away for sure. Nice, and you you're a relatively small team, right? I remember talking about this last time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just myself full time, and I have contractors who help like create this environment here, um, and 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 yeah. So three or four people right now. That's insane. Yeah. It's insane, it's especially for one of the most popular apps on the store. That is incredible, really. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we should talk about your background there, because you know, for those of you watching the video stream, it's not a real background. It's actually a screenshot from virtual desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got this like beautiful environment for, for those that don't necessarily uh, use the, the PC VR streaming feature that much and maybe just jump straight into VR. Maybe they've never seen this before, but there is like this beautiful environment, right, that you can actually sit in and, and you know, have this environment around you as if you're actually working a at a living desktop. environment. Yeah, a living room well. environment. It's, it's not a static yeah. environment. It's oh, that's a living right. environment. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the, the view out the window because it's so beautiful. And like you say, it is a living environment. How, how did you get that to work? And how did that, how did you get that captured? So uh, essentially what you see in the background is a 180 video. Um, and then the environment is rendered on top of that with like transparent windows. So, mm-hmm. uh, because the, the view in the background is at such a distance, uh, you don't really need depth information. So just a flat 180 video does the trick. And then because the environment is a 3d model with transparent windows, you can see the video across it. So it, it, it was quite complicated to make it work. I'll be honest, uh, cause there's yeah, a lot of layers. It sounds of... incredibly simple again when you explain it, but it's, uh, yeah. I can imagine that this must be so hard to implement that, to give it that realistic feeling, which it really does. It's very confusing. Like you, you talk about something that looks like real to me, but then when you explain it, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's not real? Huh? It's it the is, Matrix? It's lovely looking. I would really urge anyone yeah, no, uh, to go check it out. Even if you just use it for PC VR streaming normally, just go check out the room. It's, it's worth a look, definitely. The, well, the crazy thing is, Guy, is that it's not only just one environment, right? Because you have it set at actually different time zones as well, right? Yep. Yep, yeah, so, and the lighting change, the way that it, it lights inside, the way that uh, it looks outside, it's it's all different time. Yeah, we recorded three uh, videos of Chicago, of downtown Chicago. We put a, like a camera on top of a building that, you know, we asked the people like, can we go on your building and just film? I'm like, yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever. And, uh, and, and then, yeah, so we recorded three times a day and then... Uh, we had to like remove some, like there's some labels or some stuff that we on signs that we have to, you know, cut out and all that. But yeah, it, it was, it was a long process to get all that running. And now that we kind of have the, the infrastructure in place, we will pump out more environments like that. So nice. keep an eye out for it's, it's, it's very, it shows like the, um, well, I, I would say just the talent that you have is like, uh, you, you deliver something that is never like a half measure. Like you deliver something that is completely finished up to the, the utmost detail. Because a lot of people say, okay, we just put like 180 video, put it on the screen. But again, like the way that you've done it, the, the amount of detail you put in this work and the amount of dedication is just, it's mind boggling. I mean, uh, huge congratulations for that. Even even this, which might seem for a lot of people like uh, it's just like a small feature, it's just an environment. But again, like the amount of work and the amount of detail mm. and the result that you get from that is, is amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy there's more in the pipeline because that that's exactly what I was thinking when you first implemented it. I was yeah. like, 
was this like a real pain to implement and you'll never, you'll see another <laughs> version of it again? Because that's what I was expecting. But the fact that you said that it's kind of repeatable now is fantastic. Yeah. So I look and, forward to your updates. And they're available as a DLC. So they, they don't increase the base size of the app. The base app is still only like 380 megabytes. And so those environments are kind of big because, well, depending on which headset you have, they have their own video with the model and all that. So there are a few hundred megabytes. But they're all, I've got uh, them all downloadable, so you can remove <laughs> them. And that's I've great. Got them all. And just nice. just a quick question then. So you know, you said that you know you're still working on video uh, streaming uh, baked mm -hmm. in. Obviously, you've got more uh, environments planned for the future. Anything else that you want to work on? Any scoops that sort of things you might think? Oh, this might be a cool little feature that I might add in the future. Yeah, I have a bunch of other things, but I can't say too much because uh, some some folks or some companies like to copy what I do, so I have that's, to keep it a secret. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a great suggestion from the chat, though. Like, I'll, I'll just give it to you. There's someone saying, uh, GamerChick13, the Diet Pepsi Cat, great username. I want the snowballing falling backdrop. I find that soothing, except in real life. So that's, yeah, that's maybe a, something you that's might consider. That's a good consider. idea. Maybe I could install a camera in your place, uh, Rowdy. Just don't turn around. So what about um, the chat? Have they got any questions for Guy that maybe we could read out some of their suggestions? Any from there? Uh, and in the meantime, maybe I can ask you a question, uh, Guy. Um, aside from obviously virtual desktop and what you're working on, have you, have you got anything else that you're really excited about in the VR space? You think, oh, this is really cool tech or something that's coming on in the future maybe? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, AR glasses that are hopefully coming out soon. Um, that'll be an interesting use case for virtual desktop, more for productivity side, because you know, you're not going to have an environment. You're mostly just going to have a virtual monitor. And so uh, I, I'm looking forward to trying those out because so far what I've tried, like the Magic Leap or like some of those, like they weren't really good and I, would, I didn't really spend time developing for them and mm. they didn't really reach a market at all. So um but i'm looking forward to the new uh, uh stuff that's coming like from yeah, apple sure. imagine that that then, then that leads yeah. me directly on to my next question how can i invest in virtual desktop because when virtual desktop goes on the apple <laughs> apple store for those <laughs> ar glasses you're going to become a multi-millionaire overnight and i want a piece of that so where, do, where can i invest uh well the they don't have any stock, sorry. <laughs> God damn Private company. I'm so, curious, so, actually, like in Bill terms Gates, of... Um... Bill Gates is actually bringing us into a nice segue. <laughs> He's asking, what do you think about the uh, Oculus Quest 2 Pro? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Just to, just to have something at a higher price point that will hopefully have... Uh, that will be more comfortable first and perhaps higher resolution screens or maybe eye tracking or any of the cool things that we've all been waiting for because let's be honest the the quest is great and all that but it's basically the same thing as the oculus uh, dk2 right it yeah. tracks two good well controllers as or addition but it is the same thing with stuff tracking lenses to a screen right it's still the same basic thing so I'm I'm looking forward to the next advancements in VR with with lenses and with screens and all that Mm. Mike, should we maybe yeah. take a, a few questions from the chat? Yeah, yeah, well for yeah absolutely. Yeah, all right, I noted a few down. Um, so we had the first one. Um, there were some issues that you mentioned the upload VR with USB dedicated hardware for streaming. What about PCI card with Wi-Fi Direct? Would that be a good solution? Well, it's not unfortunately right now because the Quest 2 has issues with the uh, hotspots. 
it only negotiates like the lowest possible speed, like 284 megabit, uh, unless you first connect a phone to it. And then sometimes it will work correctly at the full speed. So there are issues. And there's also the problem that a lot of those uh, hotspots in Windows um, don't perform well. Uh, like they will have a good like 20 seconds and then they'll have like a big hiccup. So they're not really meant to stream large quantity of data. So. That's why yeah. we recommend a router all the time. Yeah, of course. Uh, we had the support 10 asking, um, can you ask if there is a way to implement a sort of autonomous system to set the Wi-Fi bandwidth and graphics card? Uh, doesn't it already happen that you can set yeah. the bandwidth and the graphics card? Well, the, the graphics is manual right now. You have three settings, low, medium, high, depending on what mm -hmm. GPU you have and there are suggestions next to it. Um, but the problem with that is that it changes depending on the game. So even though I could set uh, automatically based on what GPU you have, uh, then a new GPU comes out and then I have to push an update and I, it's just a nightmare to do. So I let the user choose it. Uh, for the bandwidth, yeah, it yeah. automatically measures how much you have and will pick the best bitrate automatically already. So. Oh, great. Uh, then we have Paradise Decay asking, um, is there anything that you would have liked to add to virtual desktop but have not yet been able to? Yes, there are plenty of things I, I hope to add. Yeah, of so course. <laughs> just need more time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um, the, I really like this question. Um, Dan Kimowicz is asking, which, um, which Wi-Fi 6 router would you recommend to get the best performance when playing wireless my uh, PC VR games with Quest 2 using virtual desktop? So the uh, Asus routers are the ones I recommend because they have a lot of configuration options and they perform well. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. If you have the budget, the uh, 86U, is a good one. Um, and then if you want to go a little cheaper, there's the 55X. And then if you want to go really cheap, uh, the TP-Link AC routers are actually good. The new AX1 have all sorts of issues, but the older one, like the Archer C6, which is probably like $60 or great. It's, fu it's funny because I went out and bought one of those a Asus uh, 86Us uh, when the when it first came out on Quest 2 because I wanted to try and take advantage of Wi-Fi 6. And like you say, we got higher speeds. I think it was like, what, 1200 megabits per second, which yeah. is pretty decent. Uh, it was like, you know, more than my previous, which was 800 megabits per second on just standard uh, five gigahertz. Um, but since then, actually, you've cost me a fortune because <laughs> I went full out and went for the XT8 system, you know, the Asus XT8 oh, system, yeah, yeah. like complete Wi-Fi 6 mesh system throughout the whole house. So now I can just like play virtual desktop like anywhere in the house yeah. and it works perfectly fine. So if you've got like a really high end budget, then the eight, uh, the XT8 system is like super, super nice. Highly recommend it. So it's probably just just to drag that down for the layperson, um, the, the, the problem with five or six gigahertz Wi-Fi is it doesn't have throughput. So it won't punch through walls, particularly European concrete walls. So you, what, what Mike's talking about, I, I, I presume, with a mesh network is a repeating system so that you are close enough to the Wi-Fi source so you don't have that problem. Like for me, if I try a 5 gigahertz connection to virtual desktop and I go downstairs, like it, it's, it, it, it's not having it, right? One or two rooms, like same room or the room over is fine, but beyond that, it just doesn't work. So just plan the location of your router yeah. well. The system that I've got set up is three. So you've got um, three that all bounce off each other and they've got two um they've got like a wi-fi 6 backbone system so they communicate to each other via wi-fi 6 but that's channel dedicated just for communicating amongst each other and then mm. a wi-fi 6 channel that's public as well it's a really neat system uh highly reviewed um 
but if it's, that's what i use too so i recommend it yeah. oh nice yeah there you go nice one nice one uh, okay any any more questions uh, and then we can kind of round it up and get on to some um, those were the ones that i noted down there might have been like some more that dropped in but uh, there was one that i saw which yeah, was ahead, an interesting so. one maybe um you know broadcasting to the future here forecasting the future if airlink um does become a thing and if it becomes free that would, I assume, be quite a problem for you in terms of virtual desktop, but maybe it wouldn't have the same feature set, but as a kind of a shortcut to a similar type of app. Does that, again, is that something that keeps you awake at night or um, oh, well, um, do you see it not as really much competition, actually? Like I said earlier, I, I think they will ship that dongle and only support the Quest 2 Pro or Quest 3 or whatever the next headset is. And I think they will leave the Quest 1 and 2 without uh, any uh, airlink support that's my that that's what i believe they do. that's probably why they allowed my app in um yeah. but even if they do like people would have to buy that dongle which is not going to be cheap so i'd say it's probably better to just get a good uh, router and use virtual mm -hmm. desktop that's probably going to yeah. be the same price and then all your phones and devices in your house will have great wi-fi which is not a bad thing I'm Plus, telling you, Oculus is going to be the Apple for VR, and they're just marching down that road. <laughs> Plus, Guy will have his app on the on on the Apple headset, and and you won't care anymore about what Oculus are doing. Um, but no, that's awesome. I really appreciate you uh, you being on the show, Guy, and I think it's it's amazing news for the VR community. You know, being able to stream PC VR content wirelessly is epic. Oh yeah. Go make sure you got your setup uh, so you can do it and take advantage of the new update uh, on the app because it is incredible. So yeah, I really appreciate it and really be interested wow, to hear your thoughts on some of the other news that we're going to be talking about during the show as well. So feel free to chime in with your thoughts on that as well. Um, so let's get into the other bits of news then um, because Andrew Bosworth has again been doing an AMA on Instagram this week and he was asked uh, by someone from the community, why can't Oculus make a $600 headset and put the best specs in it for Quest Pro 3, etc.? And Bosworth replied, Quest Pro, huh? Interesting. And then gave a little wink to the camera. Internet exploded, uh, a man winking at the camera. And now, of course, everyone <laughs> believes that this is like set in stone that we're going to get a Quest Pro. So, of course, bear in mind that this isn't concrete information. Um, but it kind of got me thinking that if we did have a Quest Pro in development, what would you want from a device like that at this point? So I'll throw that out well, to you guys uh, first. Well, first of all, something I want to say is that when I thought about a Quest 2 Pro in general, I thought like this sh should have been what the Rift S should have been, mm. <laughs> like a like a more high end kind of headset mm -hmm. that you know where we had first mobile headset and PC VR headset. That's what I thought of. Um, mm. But I mean, looking at the Quest and where they want to go with it, it's still for the consumer and not the pro consumer. Yeah. So yeah. I think um, as long as they don't use the word elite to describe it, so the Quest 2 Pro elite. doesn't become the Quest mm. 2 Elite <laughs> for obvious reasons, um, then I would be kind of happy with that. But um, comfort is definitely number one mm -hmm. for me. Like, I'm totally fine with the Quest as it is right now. Um, I think it's a, it's a fantastic, like, the weight of the device is all right. The balance isn't there. The, the comfort is the problem. The elite strap system is a problem. I'd love to see them actually rework that so that it doesn't have the same kind of poor support engineering uh, torsion in the sidebars. Mm -hmm. Audio, I'm totally like fine with the solution. I'm actually fine with what they have at the moment. So for me, it would mostly be the strap plus 
for a pro, some feature, some feature, like what Guy was going on about, you know, like it'd be great if they had facial tracking or so, just something. Give us a taste of Facebook Reality Labs development um, that differs, differentiates mm. itself from a Quest 2. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that, Sim. Like the only, the only thing that I'm having a little bit of an issue with is that like, I think that the only thing they can really do with a Quest Pro is like update current technology. Uh, I, I, I can't see them, for example, introducing new technology or like new controllers or something else in a, in a headset because that would require, you know, support on a, on a, on a software end again. And I, I don't really see that considering the way that Oculus has gone forward with hitting like the consumer market, you know, getting mass adoption, that they're going to like go into a niche with their own product. I think they want to, they want everyone to be playing with the same kind of software or the same kind of like underlying structure and then build from that and like, you know, increase adoption and then maybe diversify. So I, I think that the only thing that I would see them really improving on is indeed like things like comfort features, uh, better audio solution, maybe better resolution, maybe better lenses, maybe better refresh rate. And all of those things are great, but they're not in my interest to be shelling out an extra $300 or whatever mm. for a headset. Well, it could also be that the a pro could uh, pretty much mean that they have an elite strap with, uh, you know, uh, headphones on it, and yeah. they have an Oculus ready, uh, you know, from the program from VR cover uh, as as the face cover, and then on the back they have some more padding. So it's more for the demanding user, yeah. comfort wise, because from the inside I, I don't see them selling anything right now. So more more of stuff they already have, but sell it as a pro bundle. So for someone who just wants everything straight yeah. away for a little bit less than what it would cost if you would just buy everything separately. Yeah, that would make sense. I think we're, we're all looking at this as gamers, whereas I think if they released a pro model, maybe it would be designed for professionals. So maybe it would be something to compete with some of the professional headsets that we've seen on the market, like from Vario. Uh, maybe oh, like Xtal, like business, yeah, business like related, like working on the business side, especially mm. when you think about what they they're doing behind the scenes with like Infinite Office. Like maybe yeah. this could be something designed for professionals, and that's why it's referred but to as the pro consider, rather than considering something the, as the strategies they've had so far. I do think that they want this to be a one for all device. Mm. Uh, I, I want them to have an Oculus Quest that you'll use in a business environment, that you'll use in a gaming environment, much like you have a phone that you use for like all kinds of different kind of things from calling to texting to making your agenda, sending your emails. I, want, I, I think that they want one device and that is like across a wide aspect of different kind of industries being used. I don't see them like diversifying their own pro product, much like Apple hasn't really done in the beginning. Like there was one one product that they made that was being used for a multitude of users. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, Plus but... like the Quest 2 already has a, a enterprise license right now. It's technically already for business. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I have he... a feeling they'll add uh, audio, like uh, good headphones. Uh, this mm -hmm. is probably the most requested thing for, for Quest users and probably color pass through and a mm -hmm. slight bump in like a better processor that, uh, you know, the XR2 right now, it's, uh, mm -hmm. I'm going back to the Wi-Fi, but it's only Wi-Fi 6. Uh, I think they're making a new XR2 later this year. That's Wi-Fi 6E and boosted mm -hmm. slightly higher. And mm -hmm. Oculus said that they were having some uh, uh, issues clocking the, the XR2 at maximum speed, right? What they don't, so they probably will have better cooling and they'll take more time to, mm -hmm. you know, design it yeah. uh, well mm. to 
perform slightly better probably that makes a that makes a lot of sense kind of like like playstation going from like a playstation 4 to a playstation pro. 4 yeah. Pro. pro yeah so you think yeah. it's the pro is more prosumer rather than professional is yeah. my point yeah definitely yeah okay that, that's interesting that's interesting okay okay well so uh, another thing that was uh, asked during the ama was uh, about eye tracking um, and he was asked, what, what does he think about the tech? And he responded saying that eye tracking is super interesting area that Facebook has been researching for a long time and that it is something that they will fit into some future headset. And he continued to say that eye tracking dramatically improves performance by only rendering things that are in the field of view of the fovea. Okay. So this is something that we've mentioned before on the show, like dynamic foveated rendering uh, can boost performance of a headset just by rendering the frames that are directly in your line of sight, essentially. Uh, so that's a pretty interesting response as well. Um, what do you guys think? We need it. I, I mean, even when we had fixed fovea to rendering on the Go, mm. I, I think that the performance gains that you get from that are similar to when, if you're from the DK1, DK2 era, and the original <laughs> kind of trial headsets, I'll call them, when NVIDIA first implemented, you know, not not rendering the entire scene, and they kind of restricted that down, there was a performance bump. So... We need it. It's that simple. You know, you need it. We're we're at the moment inefficient in terms of that processing and uh, getting efficient and adding to that pipeline as well. The kind of changes that the RTX card has has now built into it uh, is going to make sense in terms of machine machine learning and bringing some AI in there to to actually help again get more efficient and do some guesswork that makes our visuals better. You know, smooths things out and makes us essentially you know cheat the system so that you can achieve better performance mm-hmm. one area i would really not expect to see any changes now is probably the controller battery side because mm. i think they fucking knocked that one out on quest 2 that's still yeah. mad you can get six months yeah. if you're a light player on on on, on those controllers which is still yeah. baffling and we already we already saw on the on Oculus connect like how good the predictive system worked with the uh, with the eye tracking right uh, that mm. was kind of amazing to see mm-hmm. like that happening uh, and then again, like, you know, let's not forget that Facebook is still a social media company. The amount of information they can collect from doing eye tracking, actually knowing where people are looking, that's going to be incredibly valuable information for a company like Facebook. So you can bet your asses that they're going to implement that. In yeah, the, I, I'm, I'm actually baffled that it's not already here in a, yeah. in a beta format like hand tracking. Like, I don't know why you don't already have it because Scary, that must be their priority number one. Yeah. <laughs> Figure out where people are looking, then feed them ads. And right? It's, it's got to come. I think you're totally right. And if we'd go back maybe like two years and, and, and we were asked the question, you know, what do you think will come first, hand tracking or eye tracking? I think we would have all agreed that eye tracking, tracking. would come first. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you're totally right there. Yeah. Uh, interesting. But yeah, that is the Probably news. the cost of it, though, I think, Mike, I think I think the cost of it, just in terms of those internal facing cameras, um, must be must be the, the limiting factor, along yeah. with the software stack. Yeah. But, but on the yeah, other side, I that. mean, how much how much gold you can trade in for that expensive system mm-hmm. is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? it's the I, new I, I don't per think that that is the issue. I think that it's more likely if they, I'm 100% they could implement it now, it's just that there would not be really a benefit for the user. They could definitely implement mm-hmm. a system that could yeah. track you, uh, you where you're looking without 
a significant added cost, I think. Uh, what I think the problem is rather to implement the system where you can also do something that is actually beneficial from the user because otherwise the user is going to be like, great, great, it yeah. has eye tracking, Facebook knows where I'm looking, but I can't do yeah, anything yeah. with it. No, I, I, <laughs> so, I, think, I, think that, I think that makes sense because I mean, yeah. the, the cost is not a problem. Look at the Oculus Quest 2. Yeah. It's, it's, it, they're, uh, you know, mining a lot of data with that too. It's a cheap headset people buy. They're like, oh, super cheap. And then they play all the games and they use the fitness app and everything. And meanwhile, they make way more money than these people ever paid for their headsets. Yeah. And the hard part with eye tracking, as... I think, is uh, making it work with 100% of people. I remember seeing on at the previous conferences, they were saying oh. they were like 90% there. Like it works for the majority of people, but for some people, they're not able to track the eye mm. because of the shape, the color. Like there's always some mm. edge cases there and, and it has to work 100% if you're going to ship it in a product. So that's the hard part, yeah, I think. Yeah. Wouldn't it be problematic to implement that with the current system that the Oculus Quest 2 has, where it has only three IPD settings, where it needs to be built into that? Or is that not something that is but relevant at all? You wouldn't need all? a real IPD setting because you can actually me measure the distance yeah. between the people. Yeah, it almost be automatic. Dynamic. Yeah. Mm, It'd be yeah. dynamic. Like the Vario software. does, you know, mm. where it's like, and then it's sharp. Yeah, yeah. Just you're, you're grinding in the engine. I had one mm. more thing on that Quest 2 Pro piece and just... I, I know Boz is a complete winker um, because he, he he's done two AMAs now in short succession, and I was kind of surprised by that. But the one thing that I really want in the audio department, I, I you know I don't mind if people get kind of tack on headphones like what we had for for CV one and they're high quality, great. What I really want is, uh, and I don't know if this is even possible, proper low latency Bluetooth connection to standard. Bluetooth yeah. headphones um, because is like a lot of people will have AirPods or whatever the equivalent is and they just want to use it with the Quest and at the moment you can't so I want that support to come I don't know if it would be in a Pro edition or if it would be more of a oh, but that, but software that's, update yeah, but, that's, but um, that's, that's, I'd like that's, to see that yeah but that's classic Facebook they first have to create some kind of Bluetooth headphones themselves to be selling the feature in a round circle you know yeah, <laughs> so we'll see yeah. So yeah, that is the rumor that uh, it's a, a Quest, rumor for sure. Quest Pros yeah, in the works. For sure. It is beyond yeah. a rumor. It is just a wink, after all. So. Well, the thing is, I think that Boss does understand now after doing a couple of these on Instagram that um, he sees all the news. It's like marketing too. It you is. Know? Upload makes an of article. Course. The YouTubers make videos saying that it's now suddenly confirmed. Well, it's not. Yeah. But it is good news, Damn, and people live live from that news. So it's it's very smart uh, yeah. from his side. But it also creates a little bit confusion for. Like in my Discord, for example, there are subscribers who now say, listen, I'm not going to buy a Quest 2 because there's a new one coming out. And that kind of also kills the vibe for some people. Mm -hmm. So it's as long as they communicate this properly, I think it's fine to have people, you know, hyped up for something. But right now, no one knows what to expect. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fair. Okay, yeah. uh, the final bit of news this week is that in the latest Oculus Quest uh, update version 26, you can now mark out your couch in your, in your Guardian boundary system. So I haven't tried this out myself yet, so I should say that, but uh, I read that it will be part of the Experimental Features tab in the Oculus Quest settings menu. And basically yeah. it works by you trace the outline of your couch so you can track it in your virtual space. And if you're just chilling out, browsing the internet through the browser or through the app store, then you can do it from the comfort yeah. of your couch now. I I tried it. I tried okay. it. It works uh, well, although it's it's not necessarily scanning your couch. It has just a certain set distance that you can use. So they're kind of just going with the casual 
couch, uh, like you know. It's not like a decorated uh, fancy fancy couch. It's just like a. No, no, and yeah, no, it's not. You can't uh, decorate it either. Mm-hmm. So it's let's gonna... say if you have an office chair, uh, that works too, kind of. But sometimes the length is too long, and you can't really change that stuff. So it's kind of mm-hmm. all still. Well, it's kind of you're kind of restricted. This is going to be great in my uptown Chicago apartment. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. It's, uh, I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna struggle with that with that big couch. I mean, uh, it's gonna. But uh, the funny part is, so I tried it, and then when I wanted to, because I'm constantly uh, playing everywhere. Sometimes I play games in the kitchen, then I play in the living room, then I play upstairs. So when I switched between another play space, I made a new one. For some reason, this couch then gets stuck in the play space, but then it just places it in the next play space. Well, there is no couch oh. there. So don't think that you can always sit on the couch when you're in other places where there is no couch because you're going to hurt yourself. Oh my God, that's yeah. brilliant. So there's, yeah, yeah. So, the, so basically it, dra- it rem- Yeah, it travels It travels with you to other play spaces for some reason. <laughs> but the funny, the, the, the coolest part is, so it's not, so you have your um, environment, but the couch itself is then kind of outside of that environment. So when you sit on it, it switches to uh, a new kind of play space on your couch. So you have two play spaces now. One is your couch, seated, and the other one is your room skill environment. So when oh. you step up, you have to confirm that you're yeah, going to your another. So it splits friendly. it in half. That. Yeah, like it would be nice yeah, if it splits put it, it in your environment and it's there and you can exactly. sit on it and go exactly. up. But every time you stand yeah. up or you go on your couch, it prompts you. Are you sure you want to go on your couch? Yeah, I just sat True, down. I yeah. want to go on my couch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But wait, what is the like? What is the user benefit of mapping your couch? Like, I don't understand um, why. Why? Yeah, I don't know. They didn't. Act like, that's the thing, you know. Oculus uh, rolls something out, but they don't explain it. <laughs> so I have no idea. I but just it, don't understand. It's kind of fun. I like it. It's kind of cool. And if they have some some tables with it too, I can still just play games in my living room and just chill there too. You know, like well, but, is uh, it because it's like a big uh, object and people want to sit down? Because you map the the height to the floor. I've never had a problem sitting on my couch. Like, is there a reason? Is it just so that you can see it and then you can go yeah. sit on it? Yeah, that's yeah. why people don't tri- yeah. trip over their couch. Yeah. yeah. You want to take a pause, then you just go sit on your couch and then you're going to look at the menus yeah. and change some things and you can just sit down, relax. And then you yeah. stand up, you don't have to take off your headset. Right? So I, I think yeah. It, yeah. it adds a lot of value. But, but for the thing is, the thing is, you can place this couch wherever you want. So if you want to, don't do this, but if you want to prank someone, you can just place a <laughs> and they just fall over. chair. It's like, oh, you can just sit here and then... <laughs> What I really want. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. What I really want is a way to track track my coffee mug or a beer. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that would be oh, like. That's what that one guy did. That right? would be a game changer for me. Tracking. Yeah. You know, no. Someone made no, that. I, I want to track kids and pets. That's it. I want a little oh, tracking tag that goes on them, and you just a bright shining light <laughs> that appears as they walk into your play space, and you know, you know, you Zim, can even you, make it like a demon. Zim, so you're listen, scared of it. I, you know? I have a suggestion for you. You just hit them once really good, and they'll never come near you again. <laughs> Tried that Rowdy. with the wife. Didn't work. Didn't work. Rowdy. Right. Uh, so that is uh, the, the latest Quest update. Of course, this is a rolling update like all Oculus updates. So it's a question of whether you get this or not whenever you yeah. got a prep. Well, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. For the last three updates, I got them instantly. You did? Maybe it's because I was complaining in the podcast and they saw it. They're like, listen, this guy <laughs> needs the update fast. But uh, I, doubt I got it. it now. And it's very nice. Good. Yeah. Well, enjoy your virtual couch. Thank you. I will. Um, <laughs> so obviously the other huge uh, news this week was that PlayStation officially confirmed that they're working on a PSVR 2. 
this was just mm. awesome news. I think this is probably the best news that I've had yeah. all year yeah. so far uh, from the VR industry. Oh. I think it's been a long time coming because, of course, if we go back just a few months ago, uh, back in October, we had a statement from Jim Ryan, who's the CEO of PlayStation. And this is what he said verbatim back then. Good friend from Jim Barnaby. Yeah. Jim Barnaby's best friend. <laughs> and we, we had some real concerns because of this statement. And I'll read it out and you can understand why. So this is what he said. He said, I think we're more than a few minutes from the future of VR. PlayStation believes in VR, Sony believes in VR, and we definitely believe at some point in the future, VR will represent a meaningful component of interactive entertainment. Will it be this year? No. Will it be next year? No. But will it come at some stage? We believe that. So it was kind of like, it just felt like they were kind of putting their foot off the gas and just kind of backing off from VR and just saying, look, we're not supporting it on the PS5. You know, the PSVR works with PS5 in backwards compatibility mode, although there's... Although they say there's some benefit to it, I've never really seen any benefit to it in my testing so far. Yeah. So we all kind yeah, of just. But it was thought... hard. It was hard to believe. Like uh, yeah. when we spoke about this on the podcast, there was no reason to say no. There is not a PlayStation VR two two coming. I was just super confused. Super confused it, about this. It sounded very negative. Um, some yeah. people yeah. Some, some people read into it different ways, um, but I, I certainly felt that it was like okay, we're we're, we're pausing on this for a minute until like you yeah, know. If you just say we're ready. we we believe that it will one day, that means that they're not like giving up on it. But it's, it, it certainly doesn't mean that they're still like you know actively believing it's going to be anytime soon yeah so without psvr I, you know i was disappointed and i thought well we've got oculus you know they're a big player we've got maybe apple in the horizon uh, and they'll come back eventually at some point but then in a surprise post this week uh, a fellow called uh, hideki nishino senior vice president uh, posted on the playstation blog and this is what he said He said, more than four years ago, we launched PlayStation VR to offer a transformative new way to play games on PS4, providing a much stronger sense of presence and deeper immersion to players compared to traditional games. In that time, we've seen tremendous experiences that have propelled virtual reality gaming forward, including highly acclaimed titles such as Astrobot Rescue Mission, Tetris Effect, Blood and Truth, Moss, Beat Saber, Resident Evil 7, and we've enhanced the experience for some PSVR titles when played on PS4 Pro and PS4. Five. Uh, today, I'm pleased to share that our next generation VR system will be coming to PlayStation 5, enabling the ultimate entertainment experience with dramatic leaps in performance and interactivity. Players will feel an even greater sense of presence and become even more immersed in the game worlds once they put on the new headset. Mm. We're continuing to innovate with our VR system so that our fans can enjoy the unique experiences that are synonymous with PlayStation. We're we're taking what we've learned since launching PSVR on PS4 to develop a next-gen VR system that enhances everything from resolution and field of view to tracking and input. It will connect to the PS5 with a single cord to simplify setup and improve ease of use while enabling a high-fidelity visual experience. One of the innovations we're excited about is our new VR controller, which will incorporate some of the key features found in the DualSense wireless controller, along with a focus on great ergonomics. That's just one of the examples of future-proof technology we're developing to match our vision for a whole new generation of VR games and experiences. There's still a lot of development underway for our new VR system, so it won't be launching in 2021, but we wanted to provide this update early to our fans, as development community has started work on creating new worlds for you to explore in virtual reality. Mm. That's an amazing, amazing update, right? Amazing. Dude, update. I was like, when I read this, like, D-Day is coming. There is competition on the way. 
Yeah, Holy exactly. crap. This is yeah. going to be so epic. Like, you have no idea. You have no idea. The only thing I'm wondering, when does virtual desktop land on the PlayStation VR? <laughs> <laughs> have you considered well, that before, Guy? No, because it has a wire and it doesn't have any onboard processing. And same thing with the PS VR, the second PS VR, it doesn't have it looks like it doesn't have onboard processing. So Okay. And I use this for me. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. So, so this whole thing when we were talking about Resident Evil Eight and and those kind of games coming to VR, it's it's still gonna happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it seems I mean, it, it seems that it could like it could be a system seller, right? For them, you know, with yeah. with Resident Evil Eight being supported in VR, they did the same with Resident Evil Seven with the original PSVR launch. If that's a, another a, AstroBot, a launch title for PSVR Two, that would be epic. Um, yeah. It kind of almost got me thinking because, you know, PS5 in terms of raw specs, you know, it's comparable with a super high end PC in terms of it can run like 4K at 60 frames per second. Kind mm -hmm. of got me thinking that some of the high end PC games might get ported over to PS5 and PSVR 2. Maybe yeah. even something like Half-Life Alex would see the light of day on that system because Valve has released games like the Orange Box uh, on, on other systems oh, before, right? So... That would be pretty it's epic, a, right? It would be very epic. I, the thing is, looking into this um, update, the thing that's most exciting to me actually harkens back to one of the predictions that Nathy had when we were first talking about this, which is which is that it might be a hybrid system because, like like they did last time, right? With the the, the post that you talked about this year, next year, not happening, and now they're saying, oh, 2022. What they don't tell us almost tells us more than what they do tell us. And in these recent updates, article with GQ on the on the PlayStation blog as well. They keep talking about this kind of single cord setup, and I'm I'm telling you they are over highlighting that for a reason. They want us to get hyped when they finally unveil mm. it, and they're like, "Oh, guess what? And it unplugs, and it's wireless." I really think this is coming. They're gonna have yeah, it delivered or, over USB C or some equivalent, yeah. and it's just gonna everyone's gonna go bananas. Could could be, this. or the wire just goes into another device that makes it wireless, of course. But um, yeah. yeah. But you're, you're, you're talking about you're talking about a dual setup system. You're talking about standalone and PS5 compatibility. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And this is exactly what I see with this update. Uh, like what Nathan's saying here, it is a torpedo readied in the chamber. And and the other thing that really excites me is PlayStation have as far back as like iToy and even some of the earlier PlayStation peripherals liked to tinker in the same way that used to get me excited when Nintendo Revolution was in the pipes and then came out with the Wii. Like that mm. stuff for me is just really exciting when they play with what can we do and with the patents and stuff that we'd seen before about like asynchronous gameplay and like what can you do differently and the fact that they're harping on about like this new VR system, not mm. just that it's like upgrades to the existing thing, but this could be a substantially different experience. And yeah, I've already yeah, been very yeah. positive about PSVR 2 as, as, a, as a thing in the pipeline but exactly, Resident Evil 8, is, it's definitely coming. It's in first person. It was one well, of their biggest sellers. It's definitely well, coming. Just, just, just in general, I've, I've said this for many years, Sony is the best at making content. They are the king of making games. They have been, yeah. when the PlayStation VR just launched, had so many new games. They made new bundles. They were very aware of what the community wanted, and they rolled that out. That's what I'm excited for, for all the games they will make. I, I feel like other platforms, like what Oculus has, also, you know, Steam, they're struggling with keeping, you know, a certain quality bar. And, and Sony is able to do that. They showed that with the yeah. PlayStation VR. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's the yeah, thing. Think like, even if you're not a massive PlayStation fan or you have no desire of getting the new PS5 or the PlayStation VR 2, 
this will have a huge impact on the industry that will be great for everyone. You know, it'll be great for consumers who because they've got yeah. more choice. It'll be great for developers because they'll get greater returns on their investments. Other v developers will start seeing that people are making significant amount of money uh, from making VR content and, you know, look at all the platforms available. It drives competition. It drives innovation. It is just great for everyone, regardless of whether you're interested in this or not. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, no, exactly. true. It does drive a new ecosystem. And that's what we have been talking about. We needed uh, two uh, companies to be head to head and then start, you know, kind of competing in terms of, you know, what consumers want. And that's where you see more games come from. Mm. Uh, it's so nice because I was kind of depressed after the first news. I was like, okay, now Facebook just take over the world with, uh, with the Quest and uh, it's over but but now with playstation vr2 coming i'm i'm, I'm super excited yeah we got three like big big players in the oh, ring yeah, now apple right too. apple yeah. and oculus and now we have yeah. uh thankfully sony not giving up the ghost on this yeah and i'm totally happy like i i suppose some people are like oh no it's not coming in 2021 i don't i don't mind at all no. I, I can wait a year for this absolutely can wait a year and like what nathan's saying like the software side is absolutely their, their strongest yeah, part because amazing oculus have have for the last year and a half they've, they've they've got still plenty of titles coming through and they're funding things but it's not mm. as strong as it was in the early cv1 days mm. like the 2017 2018 days when we got like really quality yeah. first first yeah. party and third party titles funded by facebook um Lately, it's felt a little bit like the doldrums, and I know we had last year, you know, COVID and all that uh, affecting us. So yeah. for the last 12 months, it's kind of been hacked out and been a good reason to not be productive. But this is this is such good news. This is such good news. And they got a year to get it right and then just punch us all in the face with it in the best way plus, possible. Plus, what, what like, and, and that's that's the key point that Sony has is that uh, Oculus is, is, in my opinion, more American-focused. Well, Sony is 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 doing very well in Europe. Is doing very well in Asia too. We all know PlayStation because what they do is they advertise here on TV. They have it laying in the stores too, yeah. and they just know everything about marketing. They know their audience. They have been making games for years. So if there's someone who knows how to spread the word of VR fast, it's them. And I think Zim made a really good point there that, you know, because obviously it's not coming this year, it's likely to be coming next year. You know, that kind of ties in with maybe Quest 3 rumors, Quest Pro rumors, Apple headsets. And like you say, <laughs> these three big Goliaths going at it in the ring. I can't wait to sit behind by the sidelines and just watch this go down. It's going to be epic. But, but I, I still don't think that they're going to be competition really for each other. Because uh, if you look like Sony mm. has like really the console market, uh, that's, that's what they're aiming for. I think Quest is almost a market in itself. Apple is not going to even uh, going to be. I don't well, even see them in the gaming no, market. So I see them more in the business. Yeah. No, I'm not underestimating. I'm just no, saying but, uh, that don't they... Don't underestimate the exclusives. People buy I, I a PlayStation 5 for God of War or, you know, that's I, happening I all was the just time. getting there, actually. I was saying, like, the competition is going to come from game studios, where, which are going to be purchased by all three companies, probably, or or, or not, not only game studios, because I still don't mm. see Apple really getting invested into the gaming market. Mm. I see them more as a as a business competitor and buying up technology. I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure if I find that a, necessarily a good thing uh, in terms of those kind of things, because I would still prefer like this kind of technology to be used by all three companies rather than just a single company. Um, so it's, 
it's in my eyes it's good in terms of like you know creating awareness again for vr mm -hmm. increasing the you know the mass adoption more people trying out vr playing vr i'm not necessarily agreeing that this is going to be a great thing for competition uh in terms of you know gaming the thing is like oh, yeah. it drives innovation even if they're not directly competing with each other there will be overlap there and I think innovation will drive because the thing is like with I, I, I'm not entirely sure about that, Mike. Because you know, driving innovation is good if you have competition, but if you have them like secluding information from other companies, you actually hold back innovation. And you see that in a lot of fields. You see that, for example, in the medical field as well. We're publishing where companies or organizations or universities they keep information for themselves in order to prevent another industry from taking over. And I'm a little bit scared that, for example, you have a technology that is being developed by Facebook that they're going to hold in-house and they're not going to spread that out. We, we've seen it already happening with Facebook and different kind of technologies. And I'm a little bit scared that they're going to be holding that kind of information in, preventing other companies from going to, growing from that up until the point that it gets released. I'm not sure really what you've got in your mind when you're thinking about that. Because personally, I'm thinking about like controller design, for example. Like I'm think I'm thinking about the DualSense adaptive triggers, like on the PS5 controller. Like they're, I'm they're... talking, for example, I'm talking about uh, the, uh, um, the the hand tracking, for example, that is developed by Facebook. They're not making that available to another company to implement. If you're looking at, for example, the way that they integrated. Uh, but why would um, you though? Why would you give the competition your, your technology that you've developed over years and years and years? No, but I'm, what I'm saying is that this, they have more a, technology in house. In the end, right? They have older, more technology you know? in the house yeah. that has not been released. Mm. They have a, a ton of that kind of technology that's being held back up until that they can do something with that. It's not necessarily a, the only thing I'm trying to point out. It's not necessarily a good thing when you have more companies buying up other companies that are working on technology that no, they want to make freely available. Mm. Yeah, but, but I mean, looking at the state of VR right now, it does need it, even that it might kind of be like hurting it in the long run. I, I don't, I, I don't agree that it's not good. I, I think competition is great in in any business. You know, you need that competition to drive people, drive the industry forward. You know, without them, you just have one person that does whatever they want. And I think no, some, another the, big player showing the, the, them. The, I'm talking about a completely different. What, I'm, what I mean yeah. is that you have companies that are working on technologies that are being bought out by Apple, by Facebook, by but Amazon, that, whatever. That happens in Do, every wait, wait, business wait, sector, but wait, right? No, but, but wait, Mike. What I'm trying to say is that these companies are being, being bought out to prevent that technology from being released. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. But it's it's not, the, Mike is not saying that the, the, the it's bad, true, but it's a part of capitalism and a yeah, part no, of, of, I, I of just yeah. screwing other you know but, uh, companies. But anyway, I think we're, 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 we're focusing <laughs> on something very, very small here, which, which we don't even know is actually true. So let's let's talk about something yeah. that we we're Some excited games? about. No. Because like okay. I want to I want to talk about the controllers because I think the controllers are a really okay, big deal. Yeah. Because you know yeah. I know not many people out there have a PS5. I was very lucky, very fortunate to like mash the Spend F5 button money. and get one on uh, Amazon early. Yeah. But the adaptive um, DualSense triggers are really next level. And it's something that's quite subtle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you've used them and you you feel that adaptive trigger in games like uh, implemented, it really is going to be a game changer in terms of these new controllers that they're working on. And especially if they integrate that finger tracking technology that we talked about on the show uh, many months ago, where they showed a kind of a prototype of that working. Those yeah. two in combination will be really, really nice. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. So uh, will it, uh, I, I, we spoke about this before, but uh, we're going to be almost sure that it's going to be inside out tracking. It's got to be I, right. I it, it, it's got to yeah, be I mean. like, I can't use the, uh, the HD camera. There's, there's no way. 
if, if they're going with the industry and they're pushing a real next-gen headset, it's got to have inside-out yeah. tracking. That's that's it. Bottom There's line. no better solution right now. There is no better solution. Yeah. In terms and, of, and even if it was a combination, that's what I was imagining. when I Again, when I was looking at their patents, like I was imagining something that was a combination of a single static camera plus some inside-out. But I don't know if that would meld well uh, in terms of the communication within the headset and its processing delays. Because you really have to be, you know, millisecond level in terms of making your calculations and stuff. The thing here, I have to say, <laughs> I just sit back and I've, I've got a big grin on my face looking at Mike, getting all getting all um, amped up about, about any tactile solution. Two years ago, I warned you. I was like, if you get into this stuff, this vibration feedback stuff, you're <laughs> going to end up like me, fucking like neck deep in it. And you, 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 once you experience that, whether it's, you know, a sub pack, B haptics, doesn't matter what it is, fancy triggers that are vibrating your finger. Hmm. Once you feel the bass, that's it, baby. That's You're it. You're in. You're in. You're it. hooked. You're in. So what about um, games then? What games would you like to see? Um, obviously, we talked about Resident oh, Evil. Astrobot is a given. What about next? Astrobot needs needs a well, not a, a reboot, but it, it they definitely can do more with that for Easy. sure. Far point two. I want a I want a far point mm. two with a twenty hour campaign. What um, and a new and PSVR aim controller maybe? Well, I will take yeah. I will take whatever controller scheme they cause because they they did such a good job on that first one. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to do it again and again. Something like Firewall has to be a necessity for the next. I mean, it's just such a great. Yeah. You need proper multiplayer in VR, and that was that was my first thought actually. A, a next gen uh, Firewall because you know I love that game so much. I think the design of it, the the layouts, the the missions, yeah. the the maps, the guns, everything felt great. It was just held back by this hardware. Uh, and oh yeah, the visuals. And slow, I mean, can you imagine and, like H, proper HD VR? You know? Man, that game will be like a system seller if they can really like bring it to the next gen yeah. console. So yeah, I'm hyped for that. Um, so yeah, I think it's just exciting, really exciting news. I, I I love the fact that they're coming back and they've been so bold to say, you know, look, we we are committed to VR. We are going to be making something next gen, and it's going to be coming on the horizon, not this year, but probably next year. And I think that's yeah. great. So I'm very, very excited well, for that indeed. Rowdy, what were your faves in terms of PlayStation? Like, I know you played a few, but like, what, what would you want to see on it? I'm just curious. But like in VR, like that, yeah. that's like, I mean, I think that Astrobot is still like probably the greatest one that I've, that I've yeah. played. Um, but like, I mean, I wasn't a big fan from, for, from, uh, for Resident Evil, just because, you know, you didn't have the hand tracking, which I found like a little bit a shame. Um, yeah. But I think that the, I, the the most original one that I've played is still Static. Yeah, I love that yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. And by the static way, that was made by um, Tarsia Studios that also developed uh, Little Nightmares and Little Nightmares 2 that I know that Nathan and I have been enjoying yeah. recently. I, I, I do think we're going to see some, well, remasters too. You know, uh, in my opinion, they should just, like Iron Man, they should just remaster it Blood and, and truth. make it ready for And I'm sure they will. And yeah, same with Blood and Truth. There are some games that... It's, it's almost like porting it over uh, like we have you know mm. seen this with the quest to you know games getting constantly um mm. but i do think a lot of these games if they get updated for the new tracking system and everything they're still as amazing mm -hmm. so some of them are you know timeless in in that sense yeah so, uh, so i want to see them double down on horror because playstation have have always had cojones and i'd like to see them the get their, them properly scared you know like i mean resident evil is one type of horror but there are plenty of other types of horror games that could do a very good job and well, the shark they made the shark attacks. demo man 
holy crap, was that scary? So, yeah. It's like just a demo. So this this brings up an interesting question then. Does this mean that now that you know this is happening, does this sway your interest more into picking up a PS5 anytime soon? Or I, w- I was yeah. about to. I was about to buy one, but I'm, I'm still going to wait it out because uh, like I would only buy it for the the. PSVR 2 because I'm a PC Master Ace gamer. So okay. it's the opposite <laughs> for me. It's the opposite for me because their bundles are ridiculously good value, yeah. I've mm-hmm. found in the past. Mm-hmm. So I okay. would, like, I will, uh, you know, I've just sold off my PSVR setup. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of perfect timing for me. Now we just wait a year, wait for them to launch it, and I'll just buy the whole thing at, at one go. Because right mm-hmm. now it's hard to get the hardware. I mean, if, you're, if you want to play with a PlayStation 5 anyway, I just don't want. There's no value in doing trying it. to scramble right now. No, like, they're why also, scramble? They're struggling. Like I'm sure you heard the news with the chipsets and everything. It's almost impossible for Sony to even make more PlayStation 5s. So that's why I'm also happy to hear that it's not going to happen this year. It wouldn't even be able to happen this year. But maybe, who knows, somewhere at the end of next year when things start to pick up again. Because trying to make a PSVR 2 during a pandemic, yeah. I think is almost impossible at the moment. And and just, just back to that point about titles, I said this, I think it was last episode, um, but I really do think that like if they took GTA 5 and <laughs> VRified it, and launched it <laughs> like that would that would be incredible i mean we've seen it on pc most of us here have played it mm-hmm. and it actually works as quite a compelling thing if, yeah. if they did that yes it would be the joke of reddit for about a week with yeah, like oh or- they launched it again but that world would be great. But the in thing VR. is, we spoke about this before. Like Rockstar is working on a game uh, or or an experience, so they, they I'm like they want to launch it on every platform, or they have been using LA Noir to test things out, so that maybe GTA Six has some kind of support. Because I'm sure the company has seen how many people are on a daily basis playing GTA in VR, and yeah. we have had mods with motion controller support too that were amazing so don't it, don't it, it tease it lads like don't don't tease it rockstar if you're gonna do it do yeah. the whole thing i don't exactly. want half of a game but, and, and i don't want a doom like you know but, like, but that's where piece. that's where the exclusives come in because play like playstation had an exclusive on gta 5 back in the days you couldn't play it on pc so mm. if sony is smart yeah, yeah. they have again an exclusive on gta 6 and if then there's also vr support that's where you win from others. Yeah, know? or the so. next Rockstar title, whatever that's yeah, going yeah, to be. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. I'm with so you. what about you, Rowdy? You tempted to get pick up, pick up a PS5 now? I, I think I'm in the same boat as, as Simis. Like, um, I, I'm not looking at it, buying it now, just because it's, you know, it will be pointless first because you can't get one, and second because it's not going to be there for another good year. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm also mostly like a, a PC gamer, so uh, I have plenty to play on, on my Oculus Quest or, or my regular PC. So I don't really need it. Um, and the reason why you buy, you know, a PlayStation, uh, at least that I do, is mostly to play like those exclusive titles, you know, being part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's the reason why I want it. I, I would really like to see like games like, you know, like a Spider-Man or something like that, because they still have those exclusive yeah. rights as well. Yeah. Seeing yeah. that arrive on a, on a virtual reality platform would be just, uh, you know, mind-blowing. And How do we not have Insomniac, a proper Spider-Man yet? Insomniac, yeah. they made Stormland. You know, they, they, they know oh, how to do yeah. VR now. So. Oh, damn. Very yeah, they we know do. Yeah, they do. Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, yeah. And, and maybe they get the freedom to make whatever they want, yeah. you know, because with Stormland, they had to kind of, you know, end it somewhere. But maybe yeah. with Sony, they get some more uh, air. And they, they were bought by Sony, weren't they, recently? Yeah. <laughs> it's like just... Starland launches on, uh, you know, Starland 2 suddenly <laughs> yeah. launches out of nowhere. There is one thing I, I, I wanted to say, which is Microsoft, wake up and get in the fact. Yeah, game. absolutely. Like, 100%. Seriously, yeah. Like, get in the game because... 
I think Microsoft is sorely missing. They did a good, they did good justice with the Windows Mixed Reality platform, opened it up for devs. It's a competitor. It was an interesting technology mm -hmm. system. But from the software side with their own exclusives, can we please have the VR equivalent of the Xbox? Just do it. You know it's good for you. Well said. That's a great way to round up all the news this week. Um, so let's uh, now get into releases and uh, see what there is to play this week. Is there anything juicy for us to get oh, our little teeth into? Juicy. Always. There's always more, juicy more stuff. You just got to know where to look, you know? That's all. <laughs> he digs them He digs them out the dirt for bad, us. Bad I, things I, can I, also be juicy, Mike. You have a Absolutely. Warrant. Absolutely. Certain rotten types of fruit are just wonderfully juicy. So... Um, let's start off with Hyperdash. It's uh, kind of the full release of Hyperdash, finally. So for those of you who haven't had a chance to sink your teeth in, Hyperdash is sleek, slick, and smooth. Uh, it's a VR multiplayer team-based shooter. Uh, if you're happily watching the video along with us, you'll see a number of different modes featured. It's got Payload, like we know from Team Fortress, Domination, which is when a nice little lady grabs the leather whip, and a Control Point, <laughs> where uh, your team tries to take over a number of control points in the map. Very fast-paced, very smooth, rail-based shooter as well. When I say that, I mean there's actual rails that you slide on, right? This is not, this is not a diss. So there's offline mode with bots if you don't like people. Um, there's dedicated servers, rebindable controls, uh, left-hand support. I'll say that again, left-hand support for 10% left of the hand. population. Wow. Because this is a problem that a lot of kind of like early access yeah. titles have, is they don't have that. And so if you're looking for something that's like super slick, I think Hyperdash is perfect for you. It's got voice support, so you're able to talk to people. <laughs> Beat Saber multiplayer, maybe you want to implement that too. Um, and if you buy it for Rift or Quest, you get it on the other one. So it is cross-buy. Um, and it's cross-play. And, and cross-play, yeah, exactly. So it's available on Steam. It's available on Quest and Rift. Uh, the price is 20 bucks or 15 pounds. Um, it's 16.99 on Steam, so you play a, pay, pay a slight premium. Uh, it was out on the 25th of February by Triangle Factory. And, um, you know, with 2021 already here, this may be another nail in Solaris's coffin. I love well, this game. Is. I love this it game. Is. Yeah. I, I played it a year ago when it released on SideQuest, and uh, I've enjoyed it ever since. And I'm so happy for them that they finally released it on the store, and I just wish yeah. them the best of luck. The timing wasn't great, obviously, with the release of Population 1 Season 1 update for them. Yeah. But I do think this is a game that holds its own and is unique enough uh, to be a you know a separate entity, you know, it doesn't have to compete directly. Uh, it can be its own thing. Uh, and it's, it's funny. I I remember these guys two years ago at VR days. They were like asking, them, like, try my demo, try my demo. They were still trying to sell their concept, and now it's like like you know, it's like super popular. Yeah, like riding it's the insane. rails is just so so awesome. It feels like that old school. Uh, what was it? Jet Jet Set Set Radio. Radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it feels like that uh, in VR, and and also they've got be haptic support in it as well so if you do happen to have a vest you can feel all this stuff as well which is pretty awesome how much do be haptics pay you mike no i'm just kidding <laughs> i should send you, you i should send you my old vest actually because i've got i've got three here now so i oh, should send i should send you one and then you can check it out yourself because i think being a haptics guy like you said you'd really enjoy it it's really good stuff oh so i'm open to that now for sure because it does it it does have an api led haptics which is different than just your kind of broad-based spectrum haptics that i'm used to so the next one here, um, as a fan of fingerless gloves, um, I am looking forward to Fingerless Gloves Simulator 2, which is on the street known as the Climb 2. Um, so this is coming to Quest, and I'm sure PC VR players are going to go, ah, what? 
where's our game? But anyway, this is mm -hmm. landing on the 4th of March from Crytek. And um, I, I, I love the fact that this game, um, the main features are, are shown in the trailer. We've got a, a new city environment. You have new, new maps, new unlockables. Um, but generally speaking, more dynamicism. And I don't say that lightly, dynamicism. So you have things like the ladders that you might remember that were getting you across an icy crevasse in the first one will bear your weight. There's ropes. There's a variety of different interactable objects in the game that are a bit different. Now, some of you might be thinking, where's the multiplayer? Where's the bloody multiplayer? Mm -hmm. It's kind of similar to the first one, leaderboard-based asynchronous multiplayer, so you can still play against your friends' times and competing on the maps, but there's no... Like, what I think Nathie was asking for a podcast or two ago, um, there's there's no uh, synchronous, you know, two people in the map. Oh, physical. Physical. Uh, Sadly, no, no physical. Yeah. A ghost. So, but I mean, all in all, I'm checking out the install size, which is showing on this on the Oculus Quest Store, four gigabytes for this one. So unless you're really pushed for space, that's okay. decent for a really nice looking game. Um, and the environments look great. And I've got to say, from the Zim side of me, I'm so glad that they've got an angry volcano god in the game. It's fantastic. So mm -hmm. looking forward to this one as a climber myself. How are you guys feeling about this guy? I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, I really love the climb. Uh, it was a great game, visually great game. Bit sad it's that's not coming true. to PC. Uh, because I think, you know, it's one of those games that deserves to be on PC with with amazing visuals like that. Uh, so that is a bit of a shame, but also a shame that it's not going to have proper multiplayer. But other than that, I'm still very excited about it. More climb, you know, you can't go wrong. That's nice. That's this, this one I think that's nice to just kind of like just chill with, you know what I mean? Like just, just you can literally hang out in the climb and you don't have to... And I like the fact that they've got kind of an easier mode now, which doesn't require... Um, the kind of pressure sensitive grips system or the chalking so the advanced or the chalking right so the the chalking is classic um but like in the in the original game you would have to chalk and then like hold the grips at like halfway point which isn't really that easy to do especially when it gets very difficult in the later levels and you've got hard grips to, to focus on so i thought that would be quite off-putting to new players um, i'm glad they've got a, a, a kind of a dual difficulty baby mode. Mode. simplifying yeah. the game yep baby we're going to be talking more obviously about the game next week uh, on the show with like our, our thoughts on it and review of it so if you want to go check that out make sure you stay tuned for that absolutely so a couple nice. more things i'll just mention on the way i was waiting for then to be now and guess what now is now so there's a game i just wanted to mention now the lost eye which is on steam it's already out it was out on the 25th of february this is an action adventure game with some light puzzles in there physics-based mechanics weaponry um you get to explore ancient ruins sky cities and canyons you've got a bow crossbow and various other weapons and a whole bunch of different enemies uh, some of the mechanics in this include like dodging on a rail system and it just looks to me, it reminds me of a couple of other VR games, very colorful, very bright, intricate enemies of all different styles, little angry like frog fellas that try to bite you. Um, so I just saw this and I was like, I need to mention this. Now, the one thing I will say is this is early access at the moment and there are some bugs still, but the game looks like it's got a lot of spirit and heart and I'll probably wait until it's all polished and before diving in myself. Uh, so I would recommend taking a look at that. That's called Now the Lost Eye. It's spelled N-A-A-U. The Lost Eye. It's available on Steam now. It looks very so, Zelda-like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of, um, what was the, what was that quest title that launched at the beginning, which had the crossbow and stuff? Do you guys remember? Oh. With a crossbow? Yes. Oh, you mean Apex? No. You, it looks like Apex. I agree with you gods. on that. Yeah. Oh, Journey, Journey of the Gods. Of the gods. Oh, I, I hurt my head yeah. thinking about that so hard. <laughs> 
<laughs> so have an off the mic. Made by. It's challenging as a also a big studio, you know. Yeah, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's one other here that I want to mention that landed, um, which I tried, but unfortunately, I'm just a big. I'm a big lady. I'm a big lady. I couldn't really take this game. It's too hard. Um, and it's called Crashland. So it's a, in the best way I can say, a, a kind of wave shooter. Um, it's an action horror shooter, and I think they strove away from this. It's called Crashland. Came out on Quest on the 25th of Feb as well. A very popular day for releases. It's got some nice like, gun mechanics and things like that. Really interesting enemies. Um, I got as far as level two and found it to be very, like they describe it as vicious and brutal. And it is it is just that. It's a bunch of feckin' aliens coming at you, trying to suck your blood, and you're shooting off various bits mm. of their body parts. And... Um, you're fighting like hellworms in a desert land, terror birds in a forest, but the game at the beginning was was definitely like brutally difficult on normal difficulty. Yeah. The dev has has actually addressed fe player feedback and said we're gonna make that easier so that people can see some of the tougher enemies. Because you're looking at this and there's like 20 levels from the starting screen, and I honestly I couldn't get past the second level, which was like, I like this kind of shooters. It is really tough, how, but the vibe it? is great. The vibe is really, it feels like uh, Starship Troopers, I would say, when you're But, when you're but how it. does it compare to Sharks from Mars? Sharks from Mars. Oh, oh that's a tough Nothing beats Sharks from Mars. But one thing Nothing about Crashland I will mention that I did really like, I really like the uh, motion tracker. It kind of reminded me of Aliens. They really got inspired mm -hmm. from a lot of like mm -hmm. movies. Um, and the gun actually looks like Judge Dredd's uh, lawmaker uh, gun with the um, rapid fire and all that kind of different modes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, I like, I like a lot of the modes. Like you can fire basically like heavy bullets and stuff like that by holding the grip down. So the mechanics around the shooting is quite good. Like what Mike said, the the uh, radar that's on the left hand gun mm -hmm. is a bit like Alien. I wish there was more of a sound with it yeah. because the sound element is missing. I like that it only does a an update every i think one second yeah it's not like all the time tracking targets so it'll flash an update flash another update and you and you get that tension but um the the creatures in this are quite big and some of them are very menacing normally it's you you play until you die to figure out how to beat the enemies mm. and then you have to start over again so if you don't like stuff that's like really I'll call it grindy in nature. Yeah, this might not be for you. It's not an easy game, anyway. So far that also, I've found. Also, it's, it's got about as much depth as a puddle. So just bear that in mind going into it as well. Like it's not, it's not gonna. <laughs> it's a, it's a shooter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a wave shooter. Just know so that going in, you, you'll be fine. Anyway, those four games, those four games were Hyper Dash, uh, Fingerless Glove Simulator Two, the Climb Two, mm. uh, Now the Lost Eye, and Crashland are your releases okay. for this week. Lovely. So that's us for releases. Uh, if you've got any questions for us or Guy, then drop them in the chat now or forever hold your peace. And I'll quickly uh, recap the show details. So just a reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and on Twitch. The show goes live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. If you've enjoyed the stream, then uh, hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel for all our future VR podcasts. Thanks to Val for sponsoring the show, and thanks to Guy for joining us. It's always a pleasure having him on the show, and congratulations again on Virtual yeah. Desktop uh, getting approved with the streaming part of it, getting approved on the official store. Epic news for everyone. Um, so let's see if anyone's got any questions before we wave goodbye. I can't see anything. Nothing yet, no, I'd say. They're saying GG. Just saying that Guy is a genius. 
Well, we all yeah. knew that already. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. very, very true. Yeah, so we'll uh, round up the show then. We'll have a great week in VR. Enjoy uh, playing The Climb 2. Like I said earlier, we'll talk about our thoughts uh, on the game later on in the show next week. So until then, take care of yourselves. Enjoy those mountains. And bye-bye for now.